Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Best friends forever. Fantasy, best friends forever. Woohoo! 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 Yo, this is the fantasy. Best friends forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, I'm without Florio. He's left us for good. Uh, I'm without Frank, who's left us for the week. So I have no best friends. It's, it's just me. Uh, it's me and you. The next week, you and, and me. Uh, I'm Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We are going to have guests all week because I do have other friends that are not just Mike and Frank that are trying to become my best friend, uh, we'll see if they can do it. We're going to have guests literally all week long, so you won't have to just stare at me and I, and I stare at you. The number to join in is, I hope you'll help me out, 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-6879. Today's guest uh, is, is a best friend. He doesn't, have to, he doesn't have to even work for it. Jeff Edelman, welcome to the program. you got to turn your mic on. We talked about this. You, didn't pre- you press the red button, and you make it red, and then you're on. Well, that was a test. There you go. You, Thanks you, for having me. Friend of the show. Yeah. Long time. Thank you. Long time listener. Long time listener. Second time appearance. Third time. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I think your, your headphones are on wrong as well. I'm keeping, I'm keeping one ear open. This is the look. <laughs> this is what I hear from the, uh, <laughs> that's, the listeners out there. That's, what the, that's the look you're going for. All right. Um, oh, my God. You look awkward. Uh, on, the show, on the show today. I look natural, Greg. We're going to answer a little bit of credit. We're going to answer a lot of questions uh, that you have. As I said, we'll take your calls. Uh, certainly answer your, your questions in the YouTube live chat as well. But Frank's been doing this entire video series on, on where you want to draft and who you should take from picks 1 through 12 with the first eight rounds. It's awesome. I strongly recommend you go check them out. We're calling it the Whiteboard Series. Frank's doing every pick. I believe he's done like seven or eight of them already. The rest are coming next week when he gets back from his vacation. But without Frank here, we had a different voice. And we actually, in our uh, Jeff's in my home league, and in our home league, uh, we did our own slotting. And I thought it was important to bring uh, Jeff on today because our draft order officially came on last night. We need to figure out um, why Jeff... Jeff chose the slot that he did, um, why I chose the slot that I did, and who we're looking for in that spot. So uh, it should be fun. We also have a ton of headlines I want to make sure that we get to uh, as well. Um, Jeff, how was your weekend, bud? Thanks, man. It was good. It was all right. I mean, I'm a little sore today. I played my first 18 round of the 2018 summer. Really? In August, which is not good. No, very hot. Very, very busy, very hot. Yeah, we got out there after a nice uh, day drinking Saturday. So I'm, nice. uh, I'm struggling today. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm still happy to be here. I I was at the show. I was at a baseball game in Philly. I watched the Phillies yesterday. It was like 100 degree heat myself. So we just pouring money out of my pockets for water. And it was disgusting. What did they get you for? Five bucks a pop? Five bucks a pop. Yeah. Five bucks a pop. That's what it is. That's market rate. Can't blame them. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you, you going to do ultimately? Uh, but the water it was necessary. Um, we actually were just getting cups of ice and just pouring it on ourselves. It was that hot. 
You got to get one of those spray fans, Greg, that we you did. had in camp, but they're in we, color war. We did. We bought that, too. Oh. Okay. Okay. There you go. Jeff, I want to start with I want to start with some of the headlines. Corey talked about it obviously, but it's the biggest story of the day, and that came yesterday uh, with Cleveland finally getting rid of Corey Coleman. And it's only year three for Coleman, a former first round draft pick. And of course, the second he leaves, and I hate when organizations do that, do this, they leak all these negative info about him, right? Like uh, coming out of Baylor, he didn't know how to play wide receiver. We needed someone to that knew knows understands it more. And it was this typical like air raid offense problem that they obviously blame Corey Coleman for. Of course. They're not blaming the coaching staff, who's won one game in the last two years. They're not blaming the coaching staff for like trying to teach this kid, who you drafted, to be a wide receiver. But no, 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 no. None of that happens. It's Corey Coleman couldn't understand it. He was obviously significantly impacted by injuries. He broke his hand two years in a row. And now goes to Buffalo, who was in desperate need of a wide receiver. They had Kelvin Benjamin. They have Zay Jones, who struggled in his own right in his rookie year. And now they have Corey Coleman. I'll, let me start from the Coleman side, and then we'll move over um, to the Cleveland side of things. But with Corey Coleman in Buffalo, how does this upgrade his value? Well, first of all, Corey Coleman has shown flashes throughout his entire career. I sure. think he's just been riddled by injuries. Mm-hmm. And just to go back, you don't spend the first-round pick on a receiver and you don't put him through the route tree during his evaluation. Give me a break. He, they knew his limitations going into the season. There was a knock on him going into the draft because of that, because of the air raid offense and, and the volume of balls that got thrown to him. But don't, I mean, let's not knock Coleman for that. And I think Buffalo did a great job sending a conditional pick. It's nothing. Basically, I mean, at the tail end of his rookie contract, this is his basically walk year for him to get paid. So I think it's a great pickup for Buffalo. In terms of his fantasy value, I mean, a lot of people were high on Coleman with the Josh Gordon news, but I think that his stock actually rises going to Buffalo. You know, even though it will be cold weather, harder to catch balls, Josh Allen... If it's Josh Allen, I mean, yeah. it could be, could be A.G. McCarron. It'll be Josh Allen. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a limitation there, but I think he'll get more volume. What do you, what do you make of, I'm going to get Sammy Watkins in a second. It's a natural transition. But Sammy Watkins obviously went over to Los Angeles in the middle of training camp, actually farther um, in the training camp, right, right after the first or second preseason game. He showed off, and then they traded him away to L.A. This is the second wide receiver. Now Buffalo is kind of acquiring or, or training away in the middle of training camp. like He's not walking in, studying the playbook for months. How hard is it going to be for Corey Coleman to understand uh, Brian Dable's playbook in Buffalo? See, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much stock into that, Greg. I think it's, it's, it's more simplistic than you think from a receiver perspective, especially playing on the outside. It's, it's really only simple routes, and it's just a language thing. Um, I, I really wouldn't. It's not a quarterback. It's not somebody that's playing on the interior where there's a lot of blocking assignments. It's 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 just your route and whether you block on a play. It's really not that complex. Okay. And that's what I, I, I'm bothered by what Cleveland had to say. Not only because they they let the Eagles take Wentz with that pick, but because they just trash him on the way out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really typical Cleveland is what it is. Right. Now, speaking of Cleveland, they get rid of Corey Coleman. Josh Gordon currently nowhere to be found. You've heard the Des Bryant rumors, which I feel are probably started by Des Bryant and his agent. And every reporter, Schefter, and Ian Rappaport, they've come out and been like, hey, yeah, there's interest, but like, it's, it's not really serious. So how interested does this make you in a guy like Jarvis Landry, who going into draft season, people were really high on Jarvis Landry. They thought Josh Gordon had the potential, despite where he was going, to be a wide receiver one. Jarvis Landry playing a little bit of the outside in Cleveland, not where you're used to in the slot. Everyone counts Jarvis Landry out every year, and all he does is put up bonkers numbers every year. Can he do it again now that he's in Cleveland without Corey Coleman? 
Right. I wouldn't put too much stock into them saying that Jarvis Landry is going to play the outside. Okay. He's not going to change what he's done to make him successful over the course of his career. He's going to be a possession receiver, which sounds ridiculous for a guy with his talent level, but he is. He has one of the best hands in the NFL. They're going to have him going across the middle on drag routes, screen routes. There's going to be a lot of um, bubble screens, especially if, if Mayfield gets the nod, let's say, week four, week five. I think they're going to try to get him comfortable by getting the ball to Jarvis Landry. I think him and Josh Gordon are two totally different wide receivers. And the only reason that I'm higher on Josh Gordon today than I am yesterday is because of the news of Corey Coleman and the fact that they're going to reinstate him so he doesn't lose a year in free agency. Sure. Are you buying the Antonio Callaway thing? No. Okay. Leaving it at that? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's simple. I mean, you need to prove it to, to be an NFL player. All right. Fair enough. Um, let me get to Sammy Watkins. Last year, traded in the middle of the season out to L.A. and has a, has a really good year basically on one play, right? Like the, the, cut, the cut slant from the one-yard line, which he scored a ton of touchdowns on. It wasn't the year I think many people expected out of Sammy Watkins, but it was a good year nonetheless and got him paid, most importantly, out in Kansas City. You look at air raid offenses, that's what you see now in Kansas City with a ton of weapons from Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, Kareem Hunt behind him, and then the wide receivers of Tyreek Hill and now Sammy Watkins. The question becomes, given their draft status, Tyreek Hill going earlier than Sammy Watkins, which one of those wide receivers would you rather have? I'd rather have Tyreek Hill for a number of reasons. One, um, he's used to the offense, and they like to get him involved no matter what. Different quarterback, though, entirely. Different offense Under, coordinator. Understood. Understood. Mahomes does like to stretch the ball. He's, they basically picked Mahomes because he has a better arm than yep. Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not like Tyreek Hill was eating up balls like over the middle. It's his, his, how many touchdowns did he score on over 30-yard plays? I feel like half of his, I don't know the exact stat, but it's basically half of his touchdowns come off of long plays, and that's what they, they chose Patrick Mahomes over steady Alex Smith for. So that's, I mean, that's a primary reason. But Plus, it's not like Sammy, Sammy Watkins doesn't have that ability. Sure, Obviously. but the injury history and, I mean, the rapport with the quarterback, you know, I'm, I'm leaning Tyreek Hill. Uh, and that's fine. But again, you're, you could lean on Tyreek Hill to like him more than Sammy Watkins, but you have to take in draft cost as well. Like, Sammy Watkins doesn't cost you nearly what Tyreek Hill does. You can get Watkins probably two rounds later. Understood. But, Greg, we have to go back to a whole new offensive playbook. Let's be real. It's Andy Reid. He knows what to do with his wide receivers. Go back to the Jerry Macklin, Deshaun Jackson sure. days. But Tyreek Hill's not... Well, Tyree Hill's not like Jerry Macklin, obviously. He's much more like Deshaun Jackson. And I get it. You want the ball in Hill's hands. You want him to be able uh, to make plays. That's literally what you have him for. But, again, you're confident taking Tyree Hill on the 2-3 swing, which is where he's going, essentially. You're confident taking him there. He could be your wide receiver one. He wouldn't be my wide receiver one. Let's, I mean, there's, we'll get through the rankings, but he wouldn't be my wide receiver one. But I'm not... Taking an early round pick on Sammy Watkins. I see the first, Who's the first up, eight the picks have to be rosterable players the entire season. That's the way I, I draft. And my you don't think Sammy season. Watkins will be rosterable all season long? I think that there's a chance with my um, dropping history of players and my short fuse yep. that he can be dropped on my team easily. If he questionable on a Thursday night, misses practice on a Friday. Well, he's already, he's already missed a couple practices now in training camp. I can't, he's got, I can't I, deal I with guys hip like injury. That. Yeah, I can't. But you've been known, but like, from obviously we played we played fantasy football for a long time together. You've obviously been known to take some chances on guys. Okay, l- l- let me ask this then. You don't want Sammy Watkins because of the questionable nature of his injuries and, and how he literally every week could be questionable. How do you take the suspended guys into account? They're not playing the first four weeks. You know that. Julian Edelman, Mark Ingram. A stash is different than a guy that's injury riddled, Greg. Okay. Come on. We know the differences. I understand that. We have bench spots for a certain reason. You obviously have bench, bench spots for You have a bench depth. spot have for bench a guy like Sammy Watkins who could explode. 
Okay, but I'm not spending an early round pick on a guy who's already the third, fourth person in his offense that I'm not I'm not choosing between Sammy Watkins and somebody else. I'll take somebody with a high ceiling that I know That is Sammy Watkins with a high ceiling. Okay. Yeah, back in the Buffalo days where his hands were amazing and he scored, you know, on Darrell Rivas twice, but Greg, those days are over. I under, uh, hold on. You know how old he is? Like, you're saying those okay, days but are you're, older. You're, this dude's like 25 years old. You're only giving him credit because Sean McVay made him look good on three slant rounds. This dude is points. eight months older than Tyreek Hill, for the record. That's actually wild. Yes, he's eight months older. A lot older. of tread on the tires, though. Absolutely. He's been around a long time, but he hasn't been able to consistently stay healthy. He was in the same draft as Mike Evans, as Odell Beckham, which I think a lot of people forget. Yeah, and Quincy Nunwa. Great. Guy. Awesome. Nah, I just wanted to throw that in there. Appreciate it. I, I get it. It wasn't a strong year for him last year, but Andy Reid and the Chiefs bring him in for a reason. They're, they're giving what they're doing is surrounding Mahomes with weapons. I understand that. Understood. Yeah, I get, I get what they're trying to do with the offense, but you, you asked me Tyree Kill over Sammy Watkins. And I'm comfortable spending a pick on Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is incredible. But you just said you're not com- comfortable making him your number one receiver, right? Sure. Are you comfortable making him your number two? I mean, receiver? we play PPR, Greg. I need a guy that's we play half catch. point PPR. It's a big difference. Is it though? Yes. It's a when half it point on Tyree, every catch. When it comes to Tyreek Hill, his value is in the best ball leagues where you, you yes, can deal course. with the, the higher, lower you know, games. I'm, I need floors of you know, my number one wide receiver. All right. So if you're not comfortable with him as your one, are you comfortable with him as a two? Sure. Okay. Interesting. So I'm going to look. I'm going to look. I'm going to Fantasy Pros right now uh, looking at Tyreek Hill's ADP, which currently sits at 31. So he's going... More middle of the third round. Yeah, so I, you know I like to look at it as tiers, right, Greg? So, I understand, yeah. So if we're looking at number one receivers on a team, there's 0% chance everybody in the league will grab a receiver before I do. My sure. First or second pick will guarantee to be a receiver, Fine. right? You won't go, okay. you, somebody, you're saying so here you are number go, one. You won't go running back, running back. Or wide receiver, wide receiver. I never go running back, running back. Okay. I don't think I have in the history of my fantasy career. All right, okay. so let's, let's go through number one receivers I'd be fine with. A.B., Nuke. Julio, OBJ, Michael Thomas, obviously. Keenan Allen, a little bit of injury history, but he's amazing in our format. A.J. Green speaks for himself. Devonta Adams, a little bit of a question mark, but he has Aaron Rodgers all year. Um, Mike Evans, Thielen, and Larry. That's the tier. That's, that, well, that's your tier. I don't, I don't think that's everybody's. It's not my tier, for instance. That's, that's wide receiver ones, in my opinion. What, what player on that list isn't guaranteed to catch four or five balls a game? Listen, or get I, at least eight targets. Theoretically, I agree. I, I, I do. Uh, but Tyreek Hill's not... All those guys, Thielen's the closest, but all those guys are going ahead of Tyreek Hill. I think Thielen, me, Thielen gets bumped in our league because of the PPR aspect. Half point. Let me give you a either or when it comes to Tyreek Hill. Okay. Would you rather have Tyreek Hill or Doug Baldwin, especially given his injury? There's really not a lot of skill position players on Seattle. But he's injured. I really like Doug Baldwin. But he's injured. I know, but I still like him. Okay, that's that's that stash where he's not an injury guy. Right. He just It's a camp thing. He's probably just like a hamstring, nagging. It'll be New fun. offensive coordinator there as well. I'm not worried much about that. Russell Wilson. Brian Schottenheimer is a terrible offensive coordinator. Russell Wilson's incredible. He'll, he'll bump his. Tyreek Hill or T.Y. Hilton? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill or Amari Cooper? Tyreek Hill. Okay. All right, so you are. It, it does sound like, comparatively to some of these other wide receivers, you're pretty high on him. I mean, yes. he's a, he's a top. Basically, what you're telling me, he's top 15 wide receiver. Dude. Yeah. So if you go he's after high, the wide receiver, one, wide receiver one, yeah, he's high end wide receiver too, in my opinion. All right, so you, all right, so you like him. I mean, I like that, him a lot. Yeah. How right. can you not? There, 
there's a lot of um, there's a lot of reasons not to like him. You can't. You don't know the consistency. That's why. Yeah, but Greg, if you take boring mm-hmm. players the whole time, you, you gotta boring. have you gotta have some boomer bust in your lineup. You don't. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to. There's many ways to win. Is there? Yes. Show me your team that didn't have a boomer bust player that sure. won a championship. I don't have that in front of me. Obviously, I don't have the example. But there's plenty well, of ways to. Some win. Some of us are prepared for the show, Greg. Oh, <laughs> kid comes in here for 18 minutes. He starts talking trash. Well, you told me how to win a job here, so I'm, I'm trying my best. I, I appreciate that. Um, let's go to the phones before we hit the break. 844-843-6879. Uh, let's go to Sean in New York. What's up, Sean? We have Sean. Sean, do we have Sean? Now we have. What's up, Sean? Yeah, I'm here. What's going on? Uh, I just wanted to ask a question about uh, the wide receivers. I know on uh, New England. Everybody's banged up. Edelman suspended. Gronk has injury history, and the offensive line is terrible. Do you think that there's a chance that Tom Brady falls off this year, especially after being 41? Jeff? I will never discount Tom Brady in any season ever. Um, I don't. I, first of all, Eric Decker is probably the best sleeper pick you can have this season. But I don't look at Gronk as a tight end. I look at him as Brady's favorite receiver. I mean, of course, he has the designation in fantasy, but... I, I don't see him dropping off. He's he throws five, six, seven yard passes, completes sixty five percent of his throws every year. We'll talk more about Eric Decker, more about what's going on in New England and the situation with Tom Brady when we come back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We continue on right after this. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, live with you. This is Jeff Edelman filling in for Frankie today. Solo BFF all week, because they're not here. Mike, Mike's gone forever, and Frank's on vacation. So it's just me, and a rotating I'm not so pal. disappointed, Greg. Are you coming back on Thursday? I'd like to if I'm invited. We'll see how they take. We, we have 40 more minutes to go. We'll see. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so before we hit the break, we all going to call her about the Patriots and their wide receiver situation. And you said something really interesting. You said that Eric Decker is one of the best sleepers out there right now. He is somebody that you absolutely love. Why? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm the most biased uh, AFC East fan in the world. And now, first of all, he asked us about Brady dropping off. He didn't ask us about the receiving corpse, per se. So that's why I brought Gronk back into it. And if he's healthy, Tom Brady is going to go. I mean, that's just how it works with, sure. with that Patriots offense. And, I mean, I think they'll use the backs a lot more this year, you know, with Burkhead and um, Sonny Michelle. But just in terms of uh, how Brady operates the offense, I think it's, it's really plug-and-play with any of the receivers so long as they can grasp what, what they're trying to do, which is why Chris Hogan was so good for them for a short period of time. Well, it was longer than a short period of time. It was when he was healthy. Whenever he was out there, he was good. Sure. And Chris Hogan's somebody that Frank and I both love this year, and he's 
flying up draft boards. But you're the one. But if you love Eric Decker, which is how you do, and mm-hmm. not, he's not costing you anything right now in drafts. Do you not like Chris Hogan as much as some other people do? No, I think it's just more of a value thing. So if you look at, you know, of course the number one receiver on the Patriots is going to go earlier in drafts than number three or number four, but. The fact that they cut Malcolm Mitchell today just shows that the well, Eric he's not Decker... Healthy. He's not healthy. Yeah, but, I mean, he won a Super Bowl in New England. I guess... What is that? Everyone was a Super Bowl no, in New England. What have you done for me lately? Right. But just the fact that they saw Eric Decker in the workout is, okay, he's going to be our guy now. Well, Decker, on the death chart release, and, you know, Belichick and, and McDaniels, McDaniels are going to play games with, their, with the death chart. Already ahead of Kenny Britt on the death chart, which I kind of found interesting. Um, but you have Chris Hogan, who's going to play the Chris Hogan role, and I think there's every reason to like him. I'm going to ask you, ask you what you think about him in a second, or where he should go in a second. But immediately before the show, people talking about Cordero Patterson there. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that guy's on the team. forgot he's on the team. You forget Kenny Britt's on the team. You talk about Gronk being Brady's favorite receiver, and that's true, obviously. We're going to get to Chris Hogan in a second. Is there anyone else that you, like, what Patriot you want? You like Decker, but he doesn't cost you anything. Is there anything, anyone, any other Patriot you want to go out and get? Yeah, Rex Burkhead will be on every single one of my teams, just like he was last year. I think he's a perfect plug-and-play RB2. He'll get the catches that he needs to catch. He'll he'll get the red zone work just because Belichick loves him. So Burkhead's somebody that you just believe that, hey, I can start a draft with a running back, wide receiver, whatever, and then fill the wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, because you know you can get a guy like Burkhead Lee. Yeah, Burkhead's like my fifth-round pick where it's basically just he goes in that slot, and he may not be my, my best running back come the end of the year with all the pickups and stuff, but he's so dependable right. every week. You'll be able to, as you say, plug and play him at some point. Right. Okay, uh, where are you taking Chris Hogan? He's, he's shot I mean, off to the early. You mentioned yeah, it's, it's, it's he's a, shot off to the early fifth round. Tough question. I, I don't think his floor is what everybody thinks it is. Okay. I mean, I love Chris Hogan. Me and uh, me and the fantasy exec got into it a couple of Super Bowls ago when I said he was going to have eleven catches and he had what seven and yeah. like a couple of touchdowns and almost won MVP. You guys got into it last year as well about Chris Hogan, if I remember correctly. You, right. you called you called Corey out and Corey, Corey and I. We called into the show, the Roto Experts, and Corey and I laughed at you. And, and Hogan was great because uh, I feel like every off season there's this vendetta against the Patriots. Obviously, they cheat. They find a way to to get everything right. done. That they want to, but at the end of the... Look, I'm not drafting Chris Hogan for the first four weeks of the season. I know Edelman will be back. I know he'll be Brady's guy. And I, I believe that much in Decker where who knows what the, what, the run, what the wide receiver snap counts will be come weeks seven, eight, and nine. Who knows? Who knows, indeed. Um, you mentioned Rex Burkhead. And it's funny because the Patriots running backs in general last year, at a certain point all season... Every one of them were ownable. At the beginning of the year, it was Mike Gillisley who was actually scoring the touchdowns. Then it became Rex Burkhead. Burkhead gets hurt. They go to the James White, and they just kept throwing it off the James White. And then Deion Lewis, who was fourth string coming into the year, became somebody you had to start every week. Deion Lewis lasted all year in that position. Lewis now heads to Tennessee. Are you still in on Deion Lewis? I mean, I'm not a, as much of a believer in that Tennessee offense as a lot of other people, okay. and I, I don't like the timeshare there, so right. I'm, I'm not necessarily going out and getting him, but I think there's, there's still value in Deion Lewis. Is there a running back, going back to New England for a second, is there a running back in New England not named Rex Burkhead that you would draft, including Sonny Michelle? I would probably take a flyer on Michelle, only because the, the Patriots don't you know, take a first-round pick and, and not utilize that player. Well, we so people have brought that up before, and then like Lawrence Maroney was also a first-round pick, and they didn't necessarily utilize him in his rookie year. I mean, Lawrence Maroney was... I mean, he had 1,000-yard seasons for the Patriots. I understand that, but, you, but in his rookie year, he wasn't. Okay, maybe it took him longer to get up to speed. Sure, but it could. But Sonny Michelle being out for a lot of training camp could have the same effect. Yep. 
Yeah, and he has fumbling issues as well. Exactly. And that's going to kill him, kill you in a Belichick offense. Fair. Okay, so you're not probably not thinking I just think he's one of the, the highest skill players on the Patriots offense. 844-843-6879. 844-843-6879. Uh, let me go to Logan in Michigan. What's up, Logan? Nothing much, guys. How's it going? Appreciate the call. What's going on? Um, all right, so I'm the commissioner of uh, my home league with my friends, and we have a 10-team PPR league, and I already know my draft spot, which is going to be six. Um, this is kind of a specific question, but I'm planning on taking Saquon Barkley. I just like him the most there. I think it's between him and Kamara for me. Um, and based on the personalities of the people drafting after me, I know that this is kind of a long shot, but I feel like there's a good chance that Odell could fall back to me. Would you guys, like, uh, not go with that? And would you guys, like, not take Odell and Saquon Barkley together because it's the same offense? Or how do you guys feel about that? So it's a common question we get, right? Do you take you know, take the best player available and you come back around in the same offense, do you do it again? I know Jeff and the league that we played together a couple of years ago, um, the person that won our championship had Des Bryant and he had DeMarco Murray. And it worked out very, very fine. And then a year later, I think, in all honesty, he did the same thing. It didn't work out because those players didn't work out. But the offense was good enough to sustain both DeMarco and Des. The, the real question is, for Logan, is the Giants' offense good enough to fantasy produce two first-round picks that you can... That most people won't have the opportunity to get both, but is it doesn't make sense? Is it worth it to draft Saquon and Odell together if you can? You asking me? Well, that's you're the only person. Okay. Here. You're okay. On the, you're, you know. All right. All right. Um, well, I, per, from a personality perspective, I like to diversify, but you can't blame somebody for taking the best player available. And this guy must be from my guess is Washington or New England, where you know nobody likes the Giants down there. Um, and if he can get Odell Beckham in the middle of the second round in a PPR league, you have to do it. Okay. So I, I go I case got, by case. Right. Personally, I like to diversify my team, get, a, get players in you know, multiple teams, sure. but I don't see a problem. Reminder, we're giving away more World Series tickets on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This time, it's to the winner of a free DFS baseball contest. The contests are sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. While 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their family, 70%, nearly 14,000 each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. You can find out how you can help the cause and win 2018 World Series tickets in Boston used to say the Bronx, now it's, now it's in Boston. Playing free daily fantasy baseball by going to dailyrotor.com slash DKMS. That's dailyrotor.com slash DKMS. DKMS, your tickets to the World Series and blood cancer patients, tickets to life. Dailyrotor.com slash DKMS. Good, good job, Greg. Reading? Oh, yeah, I've always told you you're good at the ad reads. I, thank you. I and and I, sh- I think they should take note for that change in Boston. You know, sometimes it, it gets repetitive and you memorize well, it. Well, I, I changed the Boston thing because I, used, I, I ad-libbed the Bronx, and after the last four days, I'm now ad-libbing Boston in. Oh. Yes. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I get it now. I thought, I thought <laughs> you it was. Okay. You thought that was actually yeah, written down? No, okay. It's not. Yeah, we get it. Uh, Nine it's, and a half minutes. Um, if you want me, I'll read, you know, I'm going to read another one because you, you like my reading so well. I'm ready for Thank it. You. Get your season ticket to Fantasy Glory right now with the 2018 Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. It is not just a draft kit. It's a full season package that takes you to draft day to championship week. It's just in-depth analysis from some of your favorite fantasy sports radio experts. Go to rotoexperts.com. Use the promo code. This says winner. Don't use that. Use Frank the Tank for Frank Stample. He gets some money off. 10% off the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Set aside a spot on your mantle for the trophy when you sign up 
the Roto Experts exclusive edge package. Promo code is Frank the Tank. Jeff Edelman is here. Jeffy was a subscriber to the Roto Experts exclusive edge package before he knew me, or I worked for Roto Experts. Uh, he trusted their insight, uh, and uh, now he calls himself an expert. So, the czar. The czar. Excuse me. We actually have a czar. We have a czar of the playbook. Um, that's Emery Hunt, who's been on the show before as well. Okay. We can have multiple, multiple czars. We can have, we can have multiple czars. As I have said over the past uh, few weeks, I want it to be more interactive. I wanted to, um, I wanted to get into our YouTube chat and answer your questions. So I'm going to do that right now. If you're live on YouTube watching us, we appreciate you. Uh, of course, if you download us on, dem- on demand through iTunes, make sure you give us a like, subscribe, leave a comment, rate us five stars. We need all the help we can get climbing those iTunes rankings. Let me get to Jonathan in Georgia before I get to your uh, questions inside of YouTube chat. What's up, Jonathan? Hey, how's it going, y'all? Going well, man. What's up? All right. Come again? What is your question, sir? Ah, yes. So I have a one-keeper PPR league with my family. It's family league. And my question is, I'm keeping David Johnson in the first round as the ninth overall pick. I'm wondering, do I go wide receiver heavy after that, or do I pick up another stud running back in the second round? So I think the answer is 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 obvious. It's probably not what you want to hear, but you should just take the best player available. I mean, having David Johnson at nine, about five consensus spots, four or five away from where he's projected to go, it's helpful. I don't think it totally changes your your draft, but I think it's helpful. And I think you're going to take the best player available um, at that spot, whether it's a running back or it's a wide receiver. Yeah, I don't want you to overthink this, but when it comes to family, it makes it seem like it's easier to grab people from free agency. Right. And in that case, I think running backs are easier to grab. So okay. if you're already starting with David Johnson in a great draft position, I would go wide receiver heavy. Again, this is case by case. Lance Davis asks, half point PPR, who do you like more, Devontae Freeman or Christian McCaffrey? I'm a big Christian McCaffrey fan. They already told him that he want, they want him to touch the ball three, what is it, 300 times this year? Are you buying that? No, we, had a, we did a whole show on this. I mean, look, I think they're going to try to give Cam as much help as he can, you know, dumping the ball off because I, I don't think they want him to take the hits this year. Um, so I like Christian McCaffrey. You like over Devontae Freeman? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always a Tevin Coleman guy in that offense. I think he, he makes our offense go. I think Devontae Freeman was more like he, was, he scored a ton of rushing touchdowns, so he got bumped up, but... I like Tevin Coleman there. Interesting. I'm a Devontae Freeman guy. I would choose Freeman over McCaffrey. I know we did a whole show on this, but who could be who has the next potential to be the uh, most likely the Todd Gurley of 2018? Uh, and we were kind of consensus on Freeman. I like McCaffrey, but the problem is, Jeffy, you you know McCaffrey's not going to get a single goal line carry. He had zero last year. That's fine. Is it not yes. one? Greg, the the days of having a Jerome Bettis on your fantasy team are over. That's not true. It's you got Marshawn Lynch this year. He would not be on any of my teams. Why? He was good last year. And he's good to the goal line back again. What's wrong with that? I need, I need the carries. I need the touches. I'd much prefer, I'd much prefer Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yes, Greg, you're going to have McCaffrey look, over the, Lynch, but it's a five-round difference. Greg, the rushing touchdowns on that team are scored by Cam Newton when they get right. into that big package. That happens very rare. They no, like that, to spread that, it out. That's not true. They, they like to get the linebackers out of coverage, out into coverage, I'm saying. They play shotgun all the time. Sure. Christian McCaffrey is on the field for those plays. No doubt about it. But in a PPR, why does it that's have to be great. A, why does it have to be a carry? Greg, three-yard catches, bubble screen catches are runs now. You know how you told me in just 20 seconds ago that Cam Newton gets all the carries from the big package? Sure. You know that Jonathan Stewart was fourth in the NFL in goal line carries last year? How many goal line carries did Carolina have as an offense last year? 
I was like, I don't have that in front of me. I could, all I could tell you is that Jonathan Stewart was fourth in the NFL in goal line carries. Okay, and who's taking over that role for Carolina this year? C.J. Anderson. You wanted me to say Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I, okay. So I always go back. I was watching highlights of the Rose Bowl back when um, Reggie Bush and who? who uh, Lindell White. Lindell White. Huh? Okay, and they had Reggie Bush on the sidelines. Right. Every coach saw that play. Right. They're never going to let their good skill position they running back. They still do, up. though. It's crazy. Greg, but they, I'm telling you, they don't let the linebacker stack the box against Cam Newton anymore. It's a different NFL. It is. I, I agree. And I love Christian McCaffrey. I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't. I just like Devontae Freeman more because I think he has the ability to do everything. Okay. Not like no, fighting with I, you and Christian McCaffrey. Okay, I get that. I got that point about Devontae Freeman and how he's going to get carries. Sure. And he may get goal line carries, but I'm not going to choose between the two because Devontae Freeman may get a one-yard touchdown. Yeah, that, that's fine. Um, Jeremy asks us in our YouTube chat, pick one of these three. Your boy Larry Fitzgerald, T.Y. Hilton, or Juju? I guess it's easy. It's Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I love Larry. I've love, always loved Larry. Doesn't matter. New quarterback. No. Okay. I mean, he's, he's all reliable. He's literally the greatest fantasy player of all time in my, in my lifetime. He's, he's top 10 every year. We're, look at his wide receiver finishes every single season. Danny Tomlinson is probably better. Yeah, he's a, So is Sean Alexander and Priest Holmes. Okay, but <laughs> all right. Danny Tomlinson was a good one. I was at that Jack game that he scored three touchdowns. It was, it was terrible. Uh, our buddy Strong Style Ninja asks, well, me, but I'll ask it to you. Um, would you like a start of Melvin Gordon? Like, we talked about Saquon Barkley and Odell. What if he did it with the Chargers, who a lot of people are in on their offense this year? Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen. I'm a big Melvin Gordon fan. Um, I think he gets the volume no matter what. I don't think there's any room for concern there. And I, I've always loved Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen, so long so as he's healthy, is one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL. So that's an offense you're comfortable doing that with? 100%. Okay. So that was, I mean, that was something that you kind of spoke out about. No, I like to diversify. But again, Greg, best player available is number one on my list. All right. Eddie asked a really interesting question for you. I know you're a big college football fan. Yahoo getting into college football. Mm-hmm. Are you going to play college football? Are you going to play fantasy football, college football? Which Yahoo I have, football I have not done a fantasy football, college football league. Well, I think brand, that would be it's, fun, it's, though. It's basically brand new. So I actually I have a league. Would you like to be in it? Sure. All right. There you go. How do they reduce, like, I guess you can pick up. I haven't actually looked at it yet. Yeah, I need to know how it works before I play. Like, well, you just sign up. Because you can have a player from, like, University of Louisville Lafayette that it's like 3,000 3, all-purpose yards. Well, that's right. probably who you should have. No, but, but like I don't know all of those guys. Neither do I, but you're going to learn about it. Sure, that's, that's, sure. that's what it's all about. Uh, Brian asks, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, or Leonard Fournette for you? So you said the thing about um, who's going to be this year's um, yes. Todd this Gurley. Year's Todd Gurley. Everyone, you're saying Dalvin Cook. I no, saying. I'm saying it's Kareem Hunt. So I, don't think Kareem, so I don't think that's fair. I think Kareem Hunt already is going in the first round. It's like Todd Gurley okay. wasn't last year, even though it already okay. happened to. Right. But mostly Todd Gurley went yeah. in the second. But I think people are, are doubting Kareem Hunt because he had those, you know, the beginning splash into the season and sort of fell off. I think Andy Reid's going to know that, and I think he's going to help out Patrick Mahomes a lot more this year. I mean, look, Dalvin Cook's awesome. I think the ACL surgeries now with the little incision that they do, I don't think it's that big of a deal. That wouldn't concern me at all. I'm just very high on Kareem Hunt this year. I completely agree. 1,000%. I love Kareem Hunt this year. Final question before we hit the break, and we'll get into slotting afterwards. Um, in the fifth round, I mentioned that was a spot for Sammy. That was a, potentially a spot for Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Who are some other receivers going by there? We were asked by DFS Domination. Uh, Devin Funches and Emmanuel Sanders. Rank those three for me. Funches, Sanders, Watkins. Oh, boy. Um, you convinced me on Watkins, Greg. I, 
I do like Sanders, not to the extent that I like Watkins, just because of the Kansas City high-octane offense. Yeah, Sanders is safe, though. You talk about safety. I know you don't like boring dudes. Yeah. He's boring but safe. I'd probably put Watkins up there. Okay. Watkins, Sanders. Who's the third for you? Yeah, Funches. I think it's fair. Upside-wise, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. We're talking a lot about where we would take players, what rounds and whatnot. But we chose our slots, and Frank's doing a whole video series, but we're going to break it down when we come back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. If you enjoy playing DFS but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, the promo code is FNTSY, and you can choose whatever matchups you want using the Props Builder tool. That is mybookie.ag. The promo code is F-N-T-S-Y. All right, Jeffy, you wanted to address somebody in our YouTube chat. Yeah, your boy Sherm out there is, is chirping me saying that Tyreek Hill... And you're not going to read and talking at the same time. So. Oh, yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert here. Tyreek Hill is going to blow up, but how can Hunt do the same? So I'm looking at last year's end-of-season scoring... Kareem Hunt ended up as the fourth... In a half-point PPR. In a half-point PPR. The fourth skill position player. Tyreek Hill was 15. There you go. Okay? To help Patrick Mahomes, they're going to run the ball. Okay? As long as Andy Reid sticks with it. Fair enough. Just saying. Ask Brian Westbrook. Yes, exactly. But the most friendly thing to a quarterback is the deep ball. Getting the defense to sag a little bit. You ever see single high safety where they play 30 yards off the ball because the quarterback has a good arm? Sure. Think about how much that can change the offense. I agree. That'll help both of them. So there's the answer to that question. I'm with you. Okay. All right. Um, I wanted to get into slotting. Where should you slot? If you had your choice of where to pick, where would you go? So in our home league, Jeff, we had an opportunity uh, to slot this year uh, for the second time in three years. And where, what choice did you have? What, what number choice were you? So I was the slick sixth slot option. Okay. What were your, ideally, where did you want to be? I wanted to be one through five at some point. <laughs> so that worked out very poorly for right. you. Right. So I, I ended up picking six after the top five, hoping you, that wait, somebody went so outside did, the top five. Did you want to go one, two, three, four, five in that order? I went two, one, three, four, five. Okay. So you basically six. just slotted in order. Well, yeah. I think two is more preferable to one this season. And I, I spoke about this you know, in leaps with our friend Mike, who had the first right. slot option. And, and I'll get into it shortly. Um, so, so basically with the second pick over the first pick, if you, if you determine that Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley are somewhat of a wash, which I, I think the argument could be made for that. Sure. Okay. 
on the way back in the even rounds later on in the draft, right? if you know the makeup of the first team, if they already have a quarterback, if they already have a tight end, right. there's no re- need to waste that even round pick on sure. a quarterback or tight end. Right. And you can get a guy where you don't have to worry about the guy behind you slipping. So, so pick three and pick two are really good in that scenario. But, and the same on the end of the draft, 10 and 11. Right. But... Um, I just don't think I think the drop off to three is is a lot different than, than one to two. So that's why I wanted two, well, then you, one. So three, then, four, five, so then six. you thought obviously thought that the drop off because I look at it and for me the first choice I wanted was pick five because I like this. I think there's five amazing players in this draft and then everybody else. So I picked five as my first spot. Right. How come you chose three over five? Same reason Mike McCagnan traded traded up into the top three. He had a preference. He wasn't going to wait to see who fell to him. Right. He had a preference. I have a preference. So you obviously had a pre- you obviously had a preference three to five, but you obviously have a preference of let's say the three running backs six through eight. Is that is, is that like yeah? That's, ex- that's exactly what it is. Okay. So who is the, who is the preference? You, you want my top five and then no no I, I, I don't need your top five. I know your top five. Your top five is the same as everybody's okay. top five. At six, I, 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 we're trying to break it down, right? We're trying to we're trying to help the people out. For right. me, like I believe that next tier running backs in some order are, are Kamara and Frank and I have talked about this. Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and Kareem Hunt. And to me, it's depending on the type of league you plan is where you're going to rank the players. Right now, with Mark Ingram's suspension and everybody talking about Kamara, Kamara's the one at six. But Frank has made the argument and not PPR. And at a half point, you could take Barkley. You could take Hunt. Who are you taking? Who would you take? I like all three. Yeah. My preference as it stands right now is Kamara. Okay. I can be convinced on Saquon Barkley, and yeah. I'm going to hurt Giants fans' feelings here on this one. Probably not. Dave Gettleman yeah. probably made the biggest mistake of the draft, and 30 GMs agree. Right? So the fact that, that Sam Darnold is most likely going to start week one, in my opinion, for the Jets, mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley is going to need 15 to 20 touches a game. No doubt about it. Just to show that that they made a great pick and that Eli still has sure. enough in the tank, the Giants are going to rely on him heavily. That being said, it's still a rookie, and I still think Kamara is more explosive from what I've seen. I mean, look, this is just me watching college football, breaking it down. I think Saquon runs a little too east-west and not too much north-south. I think there's going to be a, a learning curve there. I do think he'll get the volume, and I'm between the two right now. No, but, you're not. <laughs> I don't know. Right. We'll see what happens listen, in the top. Listen, Kamara is the is the assumed uh, player at six. Obviously, you had a preference. Listen, if you were really that close between Kamara and Barkley, you would rank that you would have put your slot at seven. That would have been no, the, Greg. I you disagree. want because you want Kamara. no because there's a chance that somebody goes outside the top five, and I want to give myself that option. I don't care about the the there's preference also, in the second round. But there's also a chance somebody in the top five gets hurt, and then Kamara gets pulled up. Exactly. That's true, too. Okay. I, I'm, I'm saying another reason why you could have taken you, sure. you want to be at six. Someone gets pulled up and you get Barkley, then you get Barkley. We go through this all the time in the NFL, and, and Bill Belichick gets way too much credit for this, for trading down. You just, more likely than not, the scouts are right. Okay? The scouts have the players ranked in the proper position. Okay? Bill Belichick just wants to trade down so he can pay the players less and he can have more, more of a competition at each position. And I think that the, the teams that trade up to get players are the teams that are successful at it. So, okay, so I disagree. Um, that's not why Belichick trades down. Belichick trades down because the draft is much more of a crapshoot than you believe it to be. And he trades down because the fact is having more picks and having more players gives you more of a chance of hitting. Okay, sure. Yeah, he's, he's going by volume. But yes, I'm saying yes. more often than not, the scouts are right and that the top players are the top players. You, you'd hope so, but there's a lot of times that w- where that's not true. Like, the Patriots, 
Yes, if the Patriots really want somebody, they will go out and get him. There's no doubt about that. But more than likely than not, they have their tears. Like, you know what? We'll trade down, and we'll trade down, and we'll trade down. I give it the Jets, and I've said this before. I give the Jets a ton of credit for going out, going up and getting their guy. And they, they wanted a certain quarterback, and Darnold fell in their laps, and that's awesome. Like, that, that's, all, that's what you should use picks for. Um, but Belichick training back is, is a little bit different, I think. To, to spin it back to fantasy, there are five guys, clear cut, then a drop-off. Yes. Who's to, who's to say we're in, we're in a New York market? Somebody could take Saquon. We got a lot of giant fans. No doubt about it. Okay, so that's why I picked six. Fair enough. Just because I, I see it splitting hairs between Kamara and Barkley doesn't mean that I have to take the seventh slot because I get a better pick in the second round. Like, that's, that means nothing to me. Okay, and, and that's fine. For me, and, and again, you can check out Frank's whiteboard series right now on our YouTube channel where he's giving you the first eight rounds of every pick, one through 12. Uh, it's, it's absolutely awesome, so I, I recommend checking it out. Uh, I wound up with the 11th pick, and originally I had 12 rank, uh, slotted above 11. And then as I was mocking it out, I realized there were certain players that um, I knew the person at 12 would take, so I took the earlier, I took the earlier pick there. Um, at 11. That's sort of a knowing your audience pick there, is what you're saying? I think so. Well, well I think so. I, I think that depending on how those first now 10 picks go, there could be just one running back that I like left at 11. And I don't, I don't say who it is. I, don't, I mean, you said who it is. I care. Like, to me, like maybe Melvin Gordon's the one that falls. And I love Melvin Gordon. I love him too. And I, and I would be upset that if I happen to have 12 and I, I believe Melvin Gordon, and I've said this on the air before, I believe Melvin Gordon is closer to that Kareem Hunt, Saquon Barkley tier than he is Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook tier. And because of that, I want to make sure I get Melvin Gordon. So to have that 11th pick gar- oh, could potentially guarantee me him. And if it doesn't, if he goes with the running backs, that means I'm going to get either DeAndre Hopkins or an Odell Beckham. And if I, wa- I, and if I took 12 and let one of them go... I'd be really upset with myself. Right. So uh, that's ultimately why I had chosen 11 over 12. I had the 11th pick in Can you explain something to me, Greg? What is the allure of having the turnaround pick at 12 or at 1? I don't really see the benefit of having two picks at the same time. I agree with you. Oh, it's just, I, I, it's just I have, somebody's like mental, like, oh, I don't have to pick between two players. I don't know. What it, you know, it's a really good question. Um, I get the allure of, of picking one if you can have it because it's the first overall pick. You get right. the best player. Mm-hmm. The 12, I don't, I don't get so much. To me, whenever I've been asked this question in the future, and it's been, in the past, rather, and it's been years and years and years of asking, where do you like to pick in a draft? My answer is always the same. It's always six. Because you're, you're in the middle of the draft. Yeah, you get one pick every 12 picks. You're not going to get caught in a run. Right. When you're at the ends, if I love a guy, and I'll use Chris Hogan as an example because we've been talking about him a lot. If I love Chris Hogan in the fourth, I'm going to have to take him. Because there's a very good chance by the time my fifth round pick comes back, He's not going to be there. Right. And, and it's, it's very frustrating. I don't have to do that. Like, if I have the sixth pick, maybe I'll get him in the fifth round. I don't know. And I like our offline draft format where there have been a lot of trades recently. And, yes. And when you have draft capital in the middle of the draft, you're closer to that pick. If there's a guy that you want that you think will go, you have a better chance of trading for that pick if the person only has to move down five slots, seven slots to get him instead of a, a whole nother 12 Exactly. It, it, there's, there's always a point in the draft, and I've— Always recommend an offline draft so you can do this. There's always that point in the draft where someone at the end picks one through three or picks 10 through 12. They don't like the board. For whatever reason, they don't like the players on the board. Hey, can I trade down? When you're in that six, seven, eight range, you're only jumping down four or five picks. They're much more interested in doing that than jumping down nine, 10 picks because it's a huge, huge difference. It really is helpful to be right in the middle. Yeah, and, and one thing I always like to say is 
just just as they do with the scouts in the real NFL, people are more likely to stick to the rankings than not stick to the rankings. So I agree. if you see somebody falling, go out and get him if it's somebody you really want because somebody will scoop him just because he's ranked that high. I, I, I completely agree with that. People um, that don't have the Roto Experts exclusive edge package, um, they, they or even if you do, you're stuck to your rankings, and you shouldn't be. Like, rankings are whatever. That's why Jeff makes tiers. That's why I make tiers, and I live and die by that. I don't... I don't Make a player ranking one to a hundred. I don't care. It's just the rankings of quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, and that's it. Right. No, but it is good to know if you're getting closer to the end of your tier, then you can sort of cross reference that to your rankings to see is he in the next twelve picks where you would have to go out and get him. Potentially next twenty four picks, depending on where you are. Exactly. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Lance Davis asked a really good question, Jeff. Somebody that people really like is Kenyon Drake because of how good he finished the year last year, but on. Uh, Adam Gaze's first depth chart, it was listed as Kenny and Dre or Frank Gore. Now, I saw a tweet today. I have no idea how accurate it was that someone just mm. made it up. Mm. But Adam Gaze was asked about this, why he did this. And Adam Gaze said, quote, I'm an asshole. Now, again, I'm pretty confident someone just made that up. And that's fine because it's an awesome fake response. Right. But what do you do? Because people believe Kenny and Drake has that ability to break out. But Gaze brings in a guy like Danny Amendola, who I do want to ask you about in a second, and brings in Frank Gore. Remember when he traded away Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake was not next up. It was Damian Williams until when then Williams got hurt and then Drake stepped up. Now he brings in a Frank Gore, who I don't think is just going to get nothing here. Mm-mm. How do you break that down? Well, we know Frank Gore is, is going to have a, some sort of semblance to the offense because a, a veteran guy like that that has so much tread on his tires isn't going to go to the worst team in the NFL and, get, and sit on the bench. So that's, that's one thing that we do know. That being said, I don't expect Miami to win a lot of games this year, and I do expect them to see if Drake can carry the load at some point later on in the season. So Drake is probably a guy that will get overdrafted and somebody that you can target for a team that's one and three, one and four, two and five. Okay. That you can trade for that has a that has an eye, high upside for the rest of the season because Miami's gonna be so bad because they're gonna give him a lot of touches to see if he can be their guy going forward. Okay, so you believe Drake will be very beneficial the second half of the year. Early on, we're gonna get too much Frank Gore. Yes. Then let me get to the wide receiver depth chart because there was a lot of information in this Dolphin depth mm-hmm. chart. And that had Danny Amendola listed as a starting wide receiver. And it's really interesting because if you read any of the practice reports, that's what you see too. I mean, you have Devontae Parker doing Devontae Parker things and Kenny Stills basically doing Kenny Stills things. Well, the quarterback's Ryan Tannehill and you need to find the Jarvis Landry. And right now, that Jarvis Landry sure seems to be Danny Amendola. The question remains, can he stay healthy? So, Greg, the Danny Amendola signing wasn't for him to be the, the punt returner on the team. Oh, well, obviously not. Well, I mean, look, they have Jakeem Grant, and the, the Jets went out and got a punt returner and kick returner the, in the draft. The Patriots went out and got Corderell Patterson. That's a big part of the game, special teams. People don't look at it a lot. Not for our purposes. But no, no, not for our purposes, but I'm saying you can make the argument that Danny Amendola, at this point of his career— he is efficient on special teams, and they need a guy like that on the team. Because they have Grant, it leads me to le- believe that that signing was more to, you know, to make Ryan Tannehill comfortable with a possession receiver. 100% agree. So how high would you take Danny Amendola? Because he's not really costing you all that much right now. If you look at the Fantasy Pros uh, composite rankings, you have Danny Amendola going 250 Yeah, he's, just, he's not on my draft radar. Really? Yeah, I, just, I don't like this Miami offense for— Even though you just said he's going to be no, a possession I, receiver. No, I think he will be— in the offense. Okay. I don't think the offense will be good. Is that even if an offense isn't good, they're still gonna score points. Like the Jet like the Jets weren't good last year, but Robbie Anderson was awesome. Yeah, I'd still I'd still rather take the chance on Devontae Parker, obviously. 
I would not. I'm, not, I'm done with Devontae Parker. Really sure, am. but like that that's the only argument that can be made for that offense. I don't agree with that. I think you absolutely The Miami Dolphins are going to win three games this year, and they're not going to score a lot of points. Period. I don't want to take a, a player on that offense with, with no ceiling like Danny Amendola. Who, what's his ceiling? His, his touchdowns are Tom Brady touchdowns. He throws him open because it's Danny Amendola. Right. This isn't, this isn't Tom Brady. But even when Jarvis Landry wasn't catching the touchdowns, he was still catching a ton of passes and being fantasy useful. Certainly more useful than being picked 215. Okay, we're talking board. about guys with two totally different skill sets. I'm talking about the slot receiver in Miami. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. I think their offense is going to change a lot this year. Really? For the worse. Yeah. Okay. That's all. That, that, that's fine. <laughs> 844-843-6879. Before we wrap up, two rookie wide receivers uh, that are generating a ton of hype this preseason. One in Denver and one in Chicago. Jeff, I want to start with Courtney Sutton, who everyone's tweeting about. If you just go down fantasy Twitter, it's, oh my God, Courtney Sutton. That's Courtland my guy. Sutton. That's SMU, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so everybody loving Courtney Sutton. Courtland Sutton. Are you loving Courtland Sutton? Yeah. There was talks during the draft that he was going to be the top receiver taken. And then he, he slipped probably because of our conference. But, I mean, I, I happen to be a big fan. Who does he have in front of him? Demarius Thomas, who basically is, who's dropped off every single year, and Manny Sanders. Well, they didn't have a quarterback, to be fair. Now they do. Just saying. Yeah. No, I, I like Case Keenum. I always have. Evan Silva of Rotor World believes that Anthony Miller could have the most receptions of any Bears player. You buying or selling that? I'm selling that. I think the most re- uh, receptions on that team yeah. is going to be the scat back. Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen, yes. I don't know about that. I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. But um, the Anthony Miller thing is really interesting. I-, I think people are really buying the Chicago offense in general. We've spoken about it, no doubt. Um, there's a lot of pieces here from Trey Burton to Allen Robinson to Tariq Cohen to Jordan Howard uh, and now Anthony Miller. Is Chicago going to be a good enough offense to support all of that? No, it's not. But there's a lot of pieces here. What man. was the most amount of completions Mitch Trubisky had in a game last year? Was it over 20? Do you have an answer? No. Oh. But like, I don't I, know. I, there are games that Tariq Cohen has five or six catches. He can end up with 60 catches easily. There's no receiver easily on that team that's going to have 100 catches. Easily is a lot. Can he have 60? Yes. May there be no, be, be no wide receiver that has 100 catches? Sure. But Allen Robinson could have 70, and that's going to be more than Tariq okay. Cohen. Fair enough. All right. Jeff Funman. I did. Thanks for having me. You're, you're welcome. Are you gonna, you're gonna... Where can we follow you on, on Twitter? At czar underscore world. Okay. It's a lot of jets on there. A lot of jets on there. A lot of jets. Sounds terrible. Yeah. It's going to be a fun year, though. All right. Have faith. Jeff Edelman, we appreciate you you stopping by. Uh, maybe we'll do it again later this week. You think I'm invited? Is that is that an invite? It might be. It might be. Thanks for having me, Greg. You're welcome, buddy. Good to be here. Uh, we will have a special guest uh, filling in for Frank tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss who that is. And then special guest the rest of the week. For Jeff Edelman, I'm Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope.